Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Yogi Scopes podcast. Today is going to be about the new moon, but also kind of a March outlook wrapped all into one in the best way I can make it without um, making it too long-winded, I suppose. As y'all may have noticed, I took the week off last week because I was just insanely tired and had a lot going on with um, remodeling and being super ass pregnant. (laughs) So if you're new around here, I am 39 weeks pregnant today, which means I'm due, uh, in a week and I could have a baby anytime now. So, um, it was my plan to get episodes recorded ahead of time, but if you've been around for a little bit, I won't bore you too much with that. I just, I have a two year old and we're remodeling a house and we have a shit ton going on and still have like residual pandemic stuff like random quarantines have been happening over the past couple months and just cutting into my work time so instead of being ahead of schedule for taking a maternity leave I'm in fact behind schedule um and it is what it is and so I just I like to be honest about that because I think it's important to me to show up authentically and um keep showing up even when I don't show up perfectly because it's better to be here trying and you know, messing up sometimes, missing weeks of episodes, whatever, um, than, than waiting for life circumstances to be perfect. So with that said, a couple housekeeping announcements since I am due so soon. I want to remind you all that my books close this Friday, March 4th. So if you've already purchased a reading that you haven't scheduled, go back and look for the email. So when you purchase a reading, Uh, After you go through checkout, you get an email with the booking link to book it, and that link will never expire. Um, I mean, you can only use it once, but uh, if you haven't booked your reading yet, and say maybe you lost the link, you can email me and ask for it, rosemary at yogiscopes.com. You can email me and ask for the link to schedule yourself by Friday, or um, you can email me like if you go to the scheduling link and none of the times work we'll see what we can work out to get you scheduled there's a couple of you floating around that have purchased readings that have not scheduled yet so I just wanted to remind you quickly that Friday March 4th is the last day um I mean technically I'm not I'm not due until next week but I'm gonna go into full-on resting mode and allow myself to do that um but then also like so if you don't get it scheduled before I take maternity leave, I will be back. Or like if you want to get a reading, um, it like they don't expire. You can still, you can always wait until I come back. I just don't have a solid date right now. 
of when that will be because it depends on childcare and like childcare depends on when my child's actually born and just a whole host of factors. It'll be April or May, late April or May sometime. I'll be back and you can always, like your reading doesn't expire. If you haven't used it, you can book it then. So then also another quick housekeeping note, if you want to know where to find me during the time off, because I will be, um, trying to post some episodes here, but I can't make any guarantees, um, clearly because I, you know, even the best laid plans, right? Anyway, um, I use Wisdom, which is a social audio app. It's kind of like Clubhouse, but it's targeted only at, um, you know, like wellness and spirituality and stuff that could be considered wisdom. It's, it just seems a little less noisy to me. It's also a much more intimate community. I really like it. So I use that. Um, I'll sometimes just do little one-off talks there, or I'll probably start um, showing up there more. I already have a little bit just since I've been slowing down. I've been doing talks over there more, but you can also find me in my Facebook group. Those things are linked in the show notes, the Yoga Plus Astrology Facebook group, or you can just go on Facebook and search Yoga Plus Astrology, like a plus sign, or you can look in the show notes. You can find me there. I'm That's where I'm most active. I don't really use Instagram a lot. I only use Instagram because I feel obligated to, honestly. like So I can't see myself being on there much when I'm tied up with a baby. Anyway, so if you want to find me, Facebook group or Wisdom are going to be the two best places to find me during the time off because I'll be around. I just won't be as regularly around um, as I have been now. And so then also the membership, I will be around for members um, or all you can just look for me to be back in May sometime. So with that said, uh, there's some big things happening in March and it's like, wow, the biggest I'm planning to take a maternity leave in March and April, and these are arguably the biggest shifts astrologically we have it we have occurring this year are in March and April. There, I mean, there are some bigger ones, especially later in the year. But um, quick rundown for March. Um, so we're, we'll get into the new moon stuff briefly, and that's the main point of this episode. But I want I do want to give you a quick rundown for March and tell you that the next episode will be. The Rahu and K2 episode I've been talking about since they are changing signs um, on the 16th, which is not next week, but the one after. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal. Only happens once every 18 months. So that's a huge deal when those change signs. So the, that will have its own special episode. But I've been kind of talking about that, mentioning it a lot uh, for the past, you know, couple months because it's been a big deal like really since eclipse season eclipse season we were kind of uh in november and december we were kind of working out some of the karmas related to where rahu and k2 have been and then next when they change next in not next week but the one after we'll have a whole new set of like karmic lessons uh coming to the surface and so hopefully We've kind of worked through the ones around where Rahu and Ketu have been through the past several, three, in fact, eclipse seasons. Um, so the two in in 2021 and the last one in 2022, those last three sets of eclipses, we've been working through some stuff. And then this year, there's going to be some new stuff for the next three sets of eclipses. So 
And that's going to be a big deal. And so I will be back, I am sure, hopefully, by eclipse season. It's kicking off in, actually, it's late April and May, I believe. So um, you can go back and listen to, I think it's the immediate last episode. Um, I did a Rahu and K2 special explaining the mythology and the astronomy and the astrology to help you understand that a little bit more. And so that will be something to revisit anytime you kind of have questions about Rahu and K2, perhaps. Um, but then also, it would be good to kind of have that information fresh in your mind when I launch into the episode next week about where Rahu and K2 are moving and what that will mean, having that background in understanding what they mean overall in a more general context should hopefully be helpful. That's why I put that one out first. So with that said, that is a huge thing happening this month and I will cover it separately. And then also I will do a full moon episode because the moon, new and full moon episodes are my favorite ones to do. So you can expect one of those from me every month. Um, and just FYI, also if I end up, what I might probably end up doing is I might, once I take a maternity leave, start recording episodes as Wisdom Talks and then just taking the audio and dumping it in here, which means it'll be even more probably scatterbrained than I usually am because right now when I record for the podcast, I can like pause the recording when I need to collect my thoughts, which happens multiple times in recording one episode um, and recording a Wisdom Talk. I can't do that. Like you just talk and I probably... If I do it that way, I will just dump the recording in here without um, editing it because uh, I'm going to have a baby in limited time at the computer available. So um, just letting y'all know that I plan to continue showing up and covering what I think is important. But part of uh, why last week, why I just didn't have the bandwidth, like I, I have all these dates and you can still go and buy the planner I made for 2022 with all of the major dates for the year, but I really like to sit with it and think about it and look more deeply into like everything that's going on and not just tell you the big events in isolation because I can tell you what they mean in isolation, but I really like to, before I record, take some time to really understand and feel through what the energies feel like they're meaning all together. And if I don't have time or bandwidth to do that, I... I don't find it worthwhile to even record. I don't know. Maybe it still is, but that's why I just didn't show up last week because I didn't, I had a lot going on in it. I didn't have the energy to um, put into doing a whole episode. I was like, I'll just cover the new moon because that is one thing I can kind of do a little bit more in isolation. I mean, there's a lot else going on other than, like, so this new moon is happening in Aquarius. We have three planets, four in Aquarius, and a bunch in Capricorn. So that's a lot of the energy going on right now um, in this month. Oh, so I wanted to do a Venus and Mars going into Capricorn episode because on last Saturday, February 26th, Venus and Mars moved into Capricorn and they've been moving very closely together since I don't know the middle of the month in February or so and they will continue to for most of March I believe and they move they both moved into 
Capricorn on the same exact day. And that's a pretty big deal because Venus and Mars are like conflicting energies. Uh, Venus is like the feminine and Mars is the masculine. And Venus is luxury and art and the finer things and romance. And Mars is like war and, um, you know, competitiveness, things like that. So you put those two energies together, it can cause some tension. So I wanted to do a whole episode about that, but I didn't. So just know that that's like in the background that's going on. Um, and if you want to hear more about it, reach out to me and I'll maybe do a wisdom talk about it. But anyway, for now, and then in April, we have a lot of major stuff going on too. We have Jupiter entering Pisces, Saturn entering Aquarius, Um, lots of other planets entering Pisces like Neptune. That's a pretty big deal one. We have some, uh, the start of eclipse season happening in April. So I just want y'all to be aware, like there's a lot of big stuff coming up and I will try my best to cover it as it comes. And the reason I even bring any of that up, um, is because I think because this new moon is happening at the beginning of the month and the beginning of the month that we have a lot of big stuff kind of kicking off for the year. Um, you could maybe have that in mind for your intention setting for this new moon. And then now we'll get into, um, the more nitty gritty about what this new moon really means, where it's happening and how to work with that energy as always, of course, including yoga practices and journal prompts to work with it. So this new moon is happening at 12.33 p.m. Eastern Time today, Wednesday, March 2nd, in Sidereal Aquarius in the Lunar Mansion or Nakshatra of Shatabisha. And so that Nakshatra is completely contained within the sign of Aquarius. Um, And if this is your first time hearing of such a thing as a Nakshatra, it's just a little more specific than a sign. It's a uh uh, tool we have in Vedic astrology. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll explain what it means. Sometimes I go into a longer explanation of what nakshatras are, but not today. So it just gives us a little more insight into the sort of flavor of the energy at play of this new moon, which helps us set intentions that are in line with the energy of the cosmos, or um, maybe just as the the moon moves around you know, the sky throughout the months, um, and, and the new moons and full moons rotate, which signs they happen in. It gives us just a nice way to set intentions related to different areas of our lives. And so we can look at the astronomy and the mythology behind this myth, this nakshatra and the sign of Aquarius to understand kind of the energy at play and how we can, work with that in our lives. So this nakshatra is known as the hundred healers. So it has a deep connection to medicine, to healing abilities, to um, kind of connecting to your own inner healer. So I just want to take a moment. This just like came to me. I didn't plan to say this, but um, I guess it's on my mind because I'm about to give birth and I'm kind of deeply enmeshed in 
um, more so than usual, I suppose, given the fact that I'm studying to become a yoga therapist. So I'm all, and I have a degree in, in sort of like holistic health. Um, so I'm normally pretty plugged into the, the idea of taking a wellness approach to health rather than a medical approach to health. And so, um, with a healer, so in, in my opinion, you know, and this is backed by like, you know, sort of that wellness model versus disease model and, and sort of thinking about, you know, care through like a midwifery model rather than a medical model, um, a healer in like a true healer does not bestow their knowledge on you, which I think is kind of the dogma of the medical world. It's like physicians have all this experience and, and training and they have several, you know, like a decade plus of, of schooling before they become a doctor. Usually, you know, if you can count college uh, and then med school and then residency, Um, so they have a lot of schooling, but I always like to say that I have more experience living in my body than the doctor has experience in med school, which is kind of the idea behind, um, midwifery care or just like taking any kind of model that uses like a person centric approach. Um, like a, in, in my opinion now, a true healer will unlock your ability to heal yourself like rather than bestowing some knowledge upon you the idea is to um, help you reach your sort of inner knowing and tap into your own healing abilities to know what it is that you need and they can facilitate because sometimes maybe there are tools that you're unaware of or um, they can provide accountability or something you know, or something along those lines, but rather than taking what you present with and saying, well, this is what I think about it. This is what I think will work for you and try this. They say, what sounds practical in your life? And now, and so this is a tangent, like I didn't plan on saying this, but it feels relevant. So we're going to talk about healing, um, and what it means to heal and stuff related. You know, you might set intentions around healing for this new moon, so I, I think it's important um, that you can find, it's, it can be hard to find somebody that um, can help you unlock your own abilities to heal your own um, path rather than just kind of telling you what to do, but but I think it's worthwhile. So, so that's more the energy of this, the healing energy rather than um, medical Although well, another translation is 100 physicians, but I'm, I just like to get nitpicky and nuanced with that word because in in my mind, there's a very big difference between a healer and a physician. Some physicians can be healers, but just because you are you have been through all the schooling to become a physician doesn't mean you're really going around unlocking people's ability to heal themselves. And that's purely, I'm purely speaking from experience of what I've seen and heard about um, really like in the birth industry has kind of made that, um, kind of come to life for me and, and really become extra poignant, but I'll just leave it at that. Um, anyway, the symbol of this nakshatra is an empty circle. 
So um, that can mean, you know, you look into the symbology, an empty circle, it's, it's a container. You know, it's like it's come full circle. It's created a container. Um, but it also it is like pregnant with possibilities, right? Like it's empty. It's an empty circle. So it's, it's created a container, but it's, the container is empty. Um, and then so as also with the 100 healers notion, there is a connection with um, kind of like deep research because to become a physician or hopefully anybody that considers themselves a healer uh, continues on like deep research of learning, uh, you know, different scenarios, different ways people could present, you know, things like that. Deep research, exploring the mysteries of of the world, different philosophies, that kind of stuff. So there's a connection to that with this nakshatra. And so in this new moon could be a time to kind of unlock those things within yourself, unlock your connection to exploring mysteries, um, to getting into the own unknown of kind of your own psyche, perhaps, because there's also a connection to psychology and, um, astrology with this nakshatra, um, it is ruled by Rahu, which is interesting to me. Okay, so it's ruled by Rahu and the motivation is Dharma. And I'll just tell you that um, because, and I'm going to get into why that like relates to why I was saying you might set intentions around what like the upcoming karmic shifts related to Rahu and K2. So that comes from it being ruled by Rahu. And then, um, so Rahu has been in Taurus. And it will be moving to Aries because Rahu and K2 always move backwards through the Zodiac. Like technically, they always move in retrograde motion. But anyway, I explained that in the Rahu and K2 episode that I mentioned earlier, um, the astronomy of that. But and so the motivation as in what like which of the four aims, the four Purusharthas, uh, which can be Dharma artha kama and moksha so dharma is pursuit of like your life's purpose and aquarius as a sign has a really big connection to dharma because aquarius is sort of the humanitarian like very worried about um the greater good and how can your own individual actions like affect the collective that's a very big aquarius thing and then so with this nakshatra also being kind of governed by dharma or concerned with dharma which is like so your dharma is like what are you good at what are your karmas in this life that you that you came into this life with um what are you good at that the world needs kind of what lights you up that also not like doesn't just light you up in like a purely selfish way which is okay to have like that's that's kama and artha on the four aims of life and then moksha is like spiritual pursuits but kama and artha so kama is like pleasure i'm sure you've heard of the kama sutra and how that's been uh kind of co-opted in western culture but um it basically means pleasure so it's okay to like pursue things just because you enjoy them and it's okay to pursue wealth pursue things just because they bring you material comfort or wealth even if you don't enjoy them or if they aren't good for the greater good like it's okay to have those pursuits but this particular nakshatra like sometimes we need to focus on what are we doing 
for the collective that we're good at, that we enjoy, that benefits something other than our little self, right? And so that's what this nakshatra is concerned with, dharma. And also, I mean, we have all this other Aquarius energy going on right now. Jupiter's still in Aquarius until next month, like I mentioned. Um, The sun's in Aquarius right now until um, March 14th. Yes, March 14th. Um, So for another two weeks almost, the sun will still be in Aquarius. And so we have a lot of Aquarius energy going on. So that kind of concern with the greater good, the collective, um, and then also with, so the Aquarius energy and then the nakshatra being ruled by Dharma. So these are all things you could be thinking about and what kind of intention you're going to set for the new moon. So you might also, because Rahu is, or because the nakshatra is ruled by Rahu, um, and Rahu has a connection with, so you might think about the kind of karmic cycles you're closing up, like what, what loops are you closing related to where Rahu has been? So Taurus, wherever Taurus is in your birth chart, you could also go back and listen to, um, the eclipse episode from last November. So the lunar eclipse full moon in Taurus, I did a public sign by sign for that one. So you could go back and listen if you want to hear an explanation of like the moon and tour, like, you know, what, what that means for you. You can go back and listen to that episode or you can just look to where Taurus is in your birth chart. It's the second sign. So if you go to my website and find the chart calculator, you would look for the number two for Taurus. So, so what kind of karmic cycles are you closing up or perhaps not closing up that you could set the intention because the um, full moon happens just after Rahu and K2 change signs. So that would be a good timing for this new moon to set intentions related to whatever karmic cycle you have going on related to Rahu. Really um, set intentions to do what you need to do to kind of close that out, bring it full circle, the karmic lessons. Because this is something I like to um, to reiterate often I suppose that um, karma if you haven't figured out yet is not really like from where the origin of the word karma and like what it really means from the Vedic perspective is not like oh this person cut me off in traffic and then they um, got stuck behind somebody slow and that's instant karma that's not like what karma really means karma more means like the lessons you come into this life to learn the um, kind of spiritual baggage you have the stuff that comes up as you move through life the stuff that you work through as you move through life so our karmas can change um and and that's so you can go back and listen to the rahu and k2 episode to learn more about that too the karmic indicators so Rahu and K2 are said to be karmic indicators. So looking, especially with this new moon to Taurus, where Rahu has been, what can you bring full circle related to wherever Taurus is in your birth chart or Taurus related things? Um, And then also, so even aside from that, aside from where Rahu has been and where it's going, Rahu also has just an inherent connection to um, 
addictions, which so does the nakshatra, interestingly. I mean, usually there's a connection. That's why I even bring up what planet it's ruled by, because you can think about some energies of that planet to understand this nakshatra more. And so addictions, I feel qualified to say this as a person in recovery, that um, addiction can show up in a lot of ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be like your junkie on the street. And I also feel qualified to say that because I self-identified as a junkie for a few years of my life. Uh, So however you feel about that word, you know what I mean, right? Um, So it doesn't always have to look like that. We can have addictions to a lot of things. We can have addictions to social media, to, I don't know, self-deprecation, to shopping, to... um, food, which is a tricky one because we have to eat to live. And, you know, some people, that's, I guess, a hot topic these days, if food can be addictive or not, if there's such thing as a good or a bad food. But um, certainly we can have an unhealthy relationship to food and that and, and lots of other things like shopping. We have to shop to live too. Most of the time, like we have to buy stuff, you know, food or whatever at a certain point. Um, Most of us aren't totally self-sufficient. And if you were, you probably couldn't, you actually, you definitely couldn't be listening to this podcast. So you have to buy stuff. If you're listening to podcasts, you are a person that buys things and eats things and, um, probably, well, definitely uses the internet. So you might have an unhealthy relationship with the internet. And so addiction comes down to, in whatever way it shows up as a disconnection. So, um, And this comes from one of my teachers, Nikki Myers, who founded Y12SR, the Yoga of 12-Step Recovery. Um, She always says the opposite of addiction is connection, and that just makes so much sense to me. So you might think about what have you had an unhealthy relationship with in your life that that could look like an addiction, and so don't get, like, super wrapped up in that word, I think, um... Where have you been feeling disconnected? So that's I think that's a better way to look at it. Like, especially with food, mindful eating is the answer to feeling disconnected from your food. So if you just kind of consume all the time and your food diet doesn't make you feel super good, um, you could try mindful eating, creating connection with yourself and your meals by doing, doing the act of eating and cooking and preparing your food, but especially eating... Um, super mindfully with a lot of intention and love. So that's one example. Or like, um, it's okay to use social media, but are you doing it out of like a dissociative, like numbing response? Are you doing it with intention to connect with loved ones? You know, so, so you could look at things that are showing up in your life as sort of an addiction. Like, um, they're not serving you well. Um, you feel disconnected when you do it and it might be something that you enjoy doing or, or serves value in your life. And how could you just bring a little more connection, you know, to yourself or to that thing or to like kind of a higher spirituality or purpose um, when doing that thing? So hopefully this has given you a lot of examples and options of things that you could set intentions around related to this new moon. So maybe um, I actually have a few sets of journal prompts related to all the examples Uh, It's actually three, three different journal prompts related to all the different examples I gave. So hopefully that'll help tie it up 
in just a moment. Um, but yoga practices quickly for this new moon. Um, I think a mandala flow would be fun. Like if you've ever heard of one of those, it's like, or moon salutations. So the kind of yoga practices, the asana practices that feel full circle. So the you can Google or YouTube a mandala flow. Um, this is one of those things that when I come back from maternity leave, I plan to start offering these things, yoga practice, like an actual asana class, um, for the full and new moon. So be on the lookout for that. Once, once my body kind of recovers enough, um, be on the lookout. I will be offering those things. It's been a goal for a long time, but I've just been too pregnant. Um, so you can, but you can, for now you can YouTube a mandala flow or a moon salutation and practice those things and just connect to the, the full circle-ness of it, the, the feeling of coming full circle, um, in a physical sense. But then also, as you know, yoga practices go beyond just the physical, um, asana practice, but asana is an important part. Um, so the deep journaling really is going to be the move for this new moon, thinking of deep healing in whatever sense feels important to you right now. And so you could look at, you know, whatever comes up when I say whatever deep healing feels important to you right now, you could just take that and run with it. If something comes up, I always encourage you to trust your intuition and run with that more than, um, you listen to me. Like I tell my students in my asana classes, listen to your body more than you ever listen to me. I'm just here to make suggestions. But if something feels more aligned for you than whatever it is I'm saying, then please do it. Please lean into that. Please sharpen your intuition in that way and see what happens when you do. It's a beautiful thing. That's kind of the goal anyway, is to sharpen your own intuition. Like I was saying, to bring this episode full circle. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, it, I am only here. I My goal is to be a healer in the sense that I want to unlock your abilities to, to know within yourself what it is that you need. I'm not here to tell you what you need. I'm here to help you uncover within yourself whatever it is that you need. So I have some ideas to offer you. And like in a one-on-one session, I, I'm trained in what's called motivational interviewing. So I'm more like in a one-on-one session, I can kind of help you down that path without offering suggestions. But since I can't sit here and ask you questions and, and base what I say on how you respond, um, since I'm just kind of shouting into the void, but I know y'all listen. Um, like I see that people are listening, but it feels like when I'm recording that I'm shouting into the void. Um, so I have to just give you ideas, but in a one-on-one session, I wouldn't just bestow my ideas on you. I would probably kind of just ask you questions until we arrive at what will get you where you want to be in a way that feels um, aligned and sustainable in your own life. And that only comes from within you. And so I'm I'm just highly trained in like helping you uncover that. At least that's my goal, right? And so the three areas of journal prompts are um, connection to addictions, your dharma, or just healing in general. So um, first, if you do want to think about it from the addictions standpoint, what is the unhealthy or disconnected place in your life? And then since it's a new moon and we're thinking of setting intentions rather than releasing, what could you replace it with? So either 
replace the way you're currently showing up with that thing with more connection, more mindfulness, or if it's a bad habit that's not serving you, what habit are you going to cultivate instead that is a more healthy one? And then related to your dharma, perhaps. So you could also think about, go back to that um, where Rahu, where Taurus is in your chart and think if there's anything kind of karmic cycles you haven't closed out there. You could go back and listen to the eclipse season episode from November if that feels helpful. That's another, you know, so bonus fourth, I guess, area. Um, But related to your dharma, how do you want to show up in the world? What's important for you? How does that fit in the greater good? Um, and so you could just think around that, think around your Dharma, but then healing from the healing standpoint, is there anything standing in the way of you showing up that way? And what could you do to address that? And so those journal prompts even are kind of like a full circle, you know, um, you could do all of them. You could do them in any order. You know, how do you want to show up in the world? Is there anything standing in the way of that? Could that look like an addiction? What could you do to address it? How can you create more connection? to your greater good, to your purpose, to just the way you're showing up. Um, All good things to think about with this new moon. And with that, I hope this is helpful. And if I can support you in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, Get your reading scheduled if you haven't by this Friday. And I will talk to you all soon. Happy new moon. Blessings for the next lunar cycle.